Is that better, Sean? You Way said, better. You said the last couple intro songs for the show were kind of freaking you out a little bit. B-52s are one of those bands, and I don't say this about every band, but a lot of their songs could hold up just as instrumentals. Oh, by far. You know what I mean? They're yeah, just yeah. fucking solid. Well, and this one is essentially instrumental, but they do at some point just repeat over and over again, 53 miles west of Venus, <laughs> right? But I, I love this this record, man. Oh, man, Wild Planet was the record that changed everything for me. Literally, I was just starting to feel like I knew I was not, I was awkward and out of place in my high school years. Oh, I love the B-52s. Anyway, this guy on the activity bus after we were done with swimming one day said, hey, man, you should listen to this and handed me a cassette tape of Wild Planet by the B-52s, their sophomore album, and I went home and it blew my little mind. Now, I'd already been a huge fan of music, but mainly from the radio and digging through my dad's collection, and somebody gave me that tape, and I looked on the back and I'm like, again, the tumblers, it took a while for them to fall into place, but I'm like, this is on a major label, and I've never heard it on the radio. Well, how is that possible? I guess, you know, I was naive. I didn't know how it all worked. And Plus, I'm like, you had headgear, so you're like, these guys are just, like, really, really good. <laughs> they stuck really, really It wasn't smokes. quite like that. No, not quite like that. But I was surprised, and I was starting to be like, well, if these guys are on a major label yeah. and they've never been on the radio, maybe there's a ton of other music out there I've never even heard of, and started going to record stores, started buying magazines and fanzines. And so literally that song, well, not that song specifically, but that record that it comes from, Wild Planet, changed the course of my entire life and I will forever be indebted and B-52s to this day remain one of my all-time favorite bands. The small bands. clubs of Athens, Georgia can you fucking imagine during those days? Dude, and so yeah. I mean in the 70s when they first came up but then all of a sudden you get to the 80s and yeah. you've got R.E.M. and the Kilkenny Cats and the Flat Duo Jets and mm-hmm. the band Pylon Athens, Athens was Minneapolis before Minneapolis was Minneapolis yeah. and Minneapolis was Minneapolis before Seattle was Seattle, but it's it's wonderful that that kind of thing happens, yeah. right? Yep. That that weird sort of critical mass builds up, and suddenly there's music everywhere you look. And now let's be clear: all those places have always had good music, and, yeah. and Minnesota continues to have amazing music. But y'all get your time in the sun, right? I mean, I don't know if you've seen that painting on our wall right there. <laughs> the but, small, understated painting we have hmm, that someone did of the Let It Be album cover, a uh, photo I believe taken by Daniel Corrigan originally. But um, yeah, I mean, you know that 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 early '80s portion of Minneapolis was a, a place in time, right? That's never going to be repl- replicated. I just loved it that it was like the dirty old Minneapolis. Yeah, you know, just the cheap living. You know, uptown oh. when it was uptown. God, was that a great place? Hundred and seventy-five bucks a month for my rent. Oh yeah, I was a hundred a month. But, nice. Yeah, mine was a hundred a month, but I was living with two women who didn't feel like I I had enough money into the kitty to live inside, so I lived on the porch. You paid a hundred. <laughs> you paid a hundred dollars a month yeah. to live on the porch. Yeah, two women that were like, now nah, you can a hundred. Yeah. yeah. You can have the porch. So my now wife and I would wear our fucking stocking caps and we'd be in sleeping bags sleeping on the porch. I'm like, huh. oh, why the fuck did you stick with me? That is that a great point? question. You better Woo. hang on to that one. By Woo. the way, his name is Sean Bernard. My name is Brian Oak. It is episode 180 of the Brian Oak Show as we record it right now in the Smart Start MN studio. And since we mentioned them, let's go ahead and mention them a little more. They're the primary and naming sponsor of the Brian Oak Show. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? It means that you or someone that is dear to you or that you at least know and care to share the information with got a DUI and you've lost 
lost your license and you want to get it back, they're the ones who worked with the state to kick off the ignition interlock program. It's a device that will be installed in your vehicle that will allow you to drive if you blow clean and sober. You can get back on the road sooner and for a lot less money than you might actually imagine it would cost. Yeah, and they're not going to shame you. They're not going to give you that half-hour shaming meeting. So, drinking and driving, huh? What an idiot. Well, I mean, <laughs> trust me, they, they're aware. They, I mean, this is what they do. They know that you've already done that to yourself for the last... And maybe if you're married, maybe your your wife. Or your friends. Or friends. Whoever. Have, have told you you're a dumbass for quite a while, so they don't shame you. No, they don't. Go to smartsnartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll give you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. You know what is one of the cool things about being an old man like myself? There aren't many, but one of the cool things is, and doing the same thing for a job for a long time, is over the course of years, you get to meet a wild and interesting array of people. Some you don't enjoy their company, some you love their company, and some stick in your mind, right? And some are just average everyday people you meet, some are musicians, some are salespeople, some are... Oh, you love the salespeople. Uh, well, you know what? Actually, there have been a few over the years that I'm actually quite fond of. See? There's been a few, though, that need to lighten the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but if that every once in a while, you know, you meet someone unusual, like a, a an underwear model who's also a brilliant singer-songwriter. I'm right here. I No, I'm not talking about <laughs> you, my man. I'm talking about today's guest, who we're going to get to shortly, Minnesota singer-songwriter and one-time underwear model. I know he hates it when I bring it up, but it's so awesome because you know what? You couldn't, if you wanted to, be an underwear model, no, Sean. No, I tried. And neither could. No, gross. No. Did there you, was a time. By the way, there did was you? Oh, of course there was. Did you, by the way, hear about OnlyFans? They're now banning any sort of pornographic content on a website that's basically built around <laughs> pornographic oh, really? content. Really? It, it's literally like, I heard uh, Corey Cove say this on the Power Trip Morning Show this morning on KFAN. Imagine if you tuned into the NHL network and they're like, yeah, we don't carry hockey games anymore. There's no hockey. No more hockey. on the. It's literally what it's for. It's why people pay to go there. And they wow. all of a sudden they got popular enough. They're like, you know, we can do without the pornographic stuff now. Well, no, you can't. That's literally why you are where. That's why you're so popular because people love porno and they love beating off, Sean. <laughs> Sorry, you were just so passionate. I just wanted to like keep the stage. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're right. Okay, you're see, and right. I mean, and so I just it's from a business standpoint, it's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. Like, you don't have to run around the streets glorifying it and putting up billboards saying we've got hardcore pornography. But it's what put you on the map. It's why you are what you are. Again, I'm not advocating for or against, and I am certainly not shaming the people who make money on OnlyFans. You want to do sex work, you do whatever yeah, you want. If that's, everybody's consenting and it's all... And, and that's know, the whole bit. Up. I mean, you decide what you're comfortable putting on there. People are like, whoa, I like that. I'll give you money to look at more of that. And if everybody's cool in that relationship, great. But... Then to suddenly take this sort of moralistic posture of, yeah, look, hey, we can't have any sort of pornographic stuff on here anymore. When it's, I mean, okay, it's nice to see a cute girl in her underwear, fine. Sure. That, that's not why people are spending millions and millions of dollars at OnlyFans. No, I'm guessing they have a new CEO who had some smart new ideas in the boardroom and <sighs> decided to change some things up. Well, look forward to some other platform popping up and taking all of those millions away because that's going to happen. Formerfans.com, let's buy it. Okay, so um, <laughs> I guess my point was that if you just want an underwear model, you can still do it on OnlyFans. That's really what I was getting at oh, originally. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, okay. no, but I mean, but now be careful. Because I know how you have a tendency towards the hardcore stuff, and that's not allowed there anymore. I'm desensitized now, but do you remember? <laughs> I, can I just say this quickly? You and I are around the same age. 
We are around the same. <laughs> Do you remember the quest for porn? I mean, it, it, when we were kids, when we were kids, like it was a fucking, it was a major thing to find porn someplace. Do you know what I tell today's young people? What? It used to take real work to see a titty. I did. I mean, like it you, did. you had to have a relative that yes. had pornographic yes. magazines or you had to watch the squiggle porn that came in on oh, channel 13 Jesus. where you're trying to hold it between the channels and just yep. get the squiggles to mellow out enough so you can see just a little bit of it. You'd have the flag at full mast and then right back down to half mast and then right up to, you know. No, like, it was impossible. It was, it was real work to see a naked lady when man, you and I were kids. And now, I mean, people, I, oh man, I, two clicks away from the most profane thing that you've ever now imagined like, in your entire life. Right. What, whoa, what whoa. is that? Is that a foot? I just wanted to see a pretty lady. I don't I don't know what's happening right is now. That, I'm not sure what's happening. We live in dark and unusual times. We do. We should listen to a song that's going to be very incongruous with our current topic of conversation. I had no idea we were going blue today, but hopefully it'll continue when we check in with Jamison Murphy just ahead. But first, you know, I was just thinking about how nice and summery it's been lately. So I thought we'd hear a fun old school R&B song by Bobby Hebb on the Brian Oak Show. <laughs> Sonny, yesterday my life was filled with rain. Sonny, you smiled at me and really eased the pain. Now the dark days are done and the bright days are here. My sunny one shines so sincere. Sunny one so true, I love you. Sonny, thank you for the sunshine you gave. Sonny, thank you for the love you brought my way. You gave to me your all in all, and now I feel ten feet tall. Sonny, one so true, I love you. Sonny, thank you for the truth you let me see.
Brian Oak Show. It's episode 180. We're going to try to pull it back online. Yeah, I mean, sorry. you know, we go and invite a guest, and he's a, a kind person, a polite person. I know a he's missionary. not offended, but uh, I did now. I don't know about that. I'm actually not certain, but we're let's not go there. But let's try to pull the show back online if we can. It is the Brian Oak Show. Today's guest. Um, we're going to find out all about him. We're going to hear a bunch of his music and. We're going to catch up because it's like old times. I think I think the way we first got on this was I was saying that the cool thing about doing what I've done for a living my adult life is getting to meet so many interesting characters throughout them. And one of them is Minnesota singer-songwriter Jameson Murphy. Jameson, how are you, man? I, I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. <laughs> I just, I haven't seen you in a long, long time. It, way too long. It's been a real long time, yeah. man. And we used to see each other on the regular now and again. And um, it's good to see you again. I know you're still making music. And I'm sorry about the underwear model thing, but I got to admit, I mean, <laughs> that all comes from a place of jealousy because you're tall and you're handsome. And like you said, if that's the only thing you got going for you, then what's your life even equal, right? Yeah. But I also told you it's nice to have that in your back pocket. There's nothing wrong with those <laughs> things, front, all right? Or your front pocket. So before we... I mean, <laughs> settle down. Well, I'm just Jesus, saying. Jesus, settle down. Jameson, <laughs> where is it you... the shorts that I'm wearing? Is it... <laughs> Jameson, hey, hey, we're all Irish here, but apparently some yeah, more than others. Now, here's the deal. Jameson, Jameson Murphy couldn't be a more Irish name. Sean's Irish. Yeah. I'm Irish. You look like an Irishman. I look like an Irishman. Yeah. I look like a Norseman. You do. Yep. You yeah. look like a Viking. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, I was Northern Irish and, and Scandinavian. Okay. There we go. So, like, w- yeah, have you watched, uh, Kingdom, um, La- The Last Kingdom? No. So it's, it's basically Vikings and Danes going over to England and conquering, you know, so you've got that Viking All that blood stuff. In, yeah, your, yeah, yeah. in your lineage. Yeah, that's why I'm so tall. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Tall yeah. Viking Irishman. Lucky. I, I am the spawn of of conquistadors. <laughs> As it were. As, uh, Nordic conquistadors. Yeah, Nordic conquistadors. <laughs> what, uh, where are you from, man? Where were you born? Uh, I was born in Burnsville, um, and then I moved to Lakeville when I was like 12. But you're Minnesota so, born yeah, and raised. Born and raised, southern metro, yeah. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Okay, so you've been here forever, and of course, I know these stories, but for people who are listening right now that maybe Jameson Murphy might not be a household name to, <laughs> you grow up, and music obviously becomes important to you at some point. I know you've been in a zillion bands, but at what point in your youth, in your your development is music like shit i'm good at this and i like this i know i can sing i know i can write songs at what point do you decide no matter what you do with your life musicians going to be a part of that um it was when i went to college yeah honestly like and where did you go to college st john's university yep up near st cloud and it was almost immediate i realized you know all the bands that i was in throughout middle school and high school broke up because we all went to different colleges and i just needed to do something to have a creative outlet, and so I started writing songs, and then everything just developed from there. We went too far, too fast. What was the name of the very first band that you made with your friends? The very first? Oh. Or, okay, one of the earliest ones. I'm looking for... Uh, I find that people put together bands at that age when they think they're getting into it, and their <laughs> bands usually have grotesque names, something terrible. Uh, Well, okay, so... Or just basic. So the first basic one was called Detour. Yeah. 
But see, that's got kind of a cool 70s vibe yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. I'd go see a band called Detour. Me too, I yeah, have. Right. And then, <laughs> and then uh, we got a couple, we had a couple lineup changes, and then we became Rob Roy's Army because we all had Celtic heritage. Right on. So, right. Uh, yeah, Rob we Roy's Army. Yeah, exactly. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we wore kilts every show. <laughs> nice. Oh, Jameson's worn the kilt. So well, I was you, playing drums in that band. Really? Yeah. Okay. That was the first instrument that I learned was so drums. When do you start singing in your life? When does that happen? I sang backup in that band, but then, I mean, throughout high school, I was in musicals, I was in choir, I was in like the select jazz ensemble. So I was also stuff. in a select choral ensemble, but that was only because they were so desperate for a baritone and a bass that they would take anybody. Well, I was, was going to say, I bet you sang bass. <laughs> I did, in fact. I did. When you were in musicals, did you have a notable role that anybody would know the name of? <laughs> it, Come on, man. Break it out. This is yeah. this is where we let it all hang out. Yeah, I did. What I do you did. got? What do you got? I was um, I was a character called Dauntless, which was uh, he was the prince in a spoof of the Princess and the Pea. Yeah. So it was called Once Upon a Mattress. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I played I yep. played Prince Dauntless, who was basically Buddy the Elf uh-huh. with a crown. Right. But you got to be kind of a doofus, and oh, get, I mean the, the that, biggest. Doofus. But that's the role, right? Yeah. 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 And there there was actually one of the one of the showings that we had. I hit my head. You know, obviously, I'm hitting my head on everything all the time. Right. But I hit my head on the gate of the set. Ooh. And it obviously is not scripted, right? No. But it hurt like a motherfucker. But I'll bet it brought the house down, didn't well, it? Oh, well, everyone starts laughing, and and thank God the woman who was playing the queen, my right. mother, right? She goes, "I told you, you have to duck when you come through these gates, dauntless." And I said, like, "Sorry, mom." You know, but we That's just that's the best parts it. of acting when that yeah, happens when yeah. people just keep rolling with it. Well, we had to. Yep. It's live theater, you right, know. Like, right. But yeah, that was that was by far my funniest moment on on any stage, musical or or music, you know, performance, did, anything. Did the role of Prince Dauntless require tights? Come on. Yeah. Of course it did. <laughs> of course it did. Because I was also I in, in uh, Camelot, I played Merlin, but he disappears in the first act. And so I wanted to be another part of the show. So I was Sir Sagramore. And so, no, man, I rocked those four screen tights for two thirds of that show. They were silver bell-bottom tights. Oh, my God. Bell-bottom tights right on. What's and, the year that you were doing this? Uh, I w- it was my senior year. So I was, it was 2000. Six slash two thousand seven. Wow. Right on. Yeah, Dang. but but it like I'm pretty sure that I stole them just to have like some memorabilia from it because I used to be a hockey player. You know, like as soon as I got kicked off the hockey team, I went to theater. Right. And you a defenseman or what were you? I was a center actually oh, because you were? I had no self control. Like I, I wanted <laughs> I wanted to be everywhere at all times. Wherever the puck went, that's where I wanted yep. to go. But anyway, so yeah, I I think that I stole them from the from the crew, but I don't know where they are to this day. I still don't know where they are. But all my friends always accuse me and say, "Where are they?" Yeah, you you're know, wearing, you're wearing them at home. That's what's <laughs> happened right I'm now. I'm wearing them in the bed. <laughs> so you're playing at St. John's, and you start to realize this is your creative outlet. Were you going to school for music, or just did was music your sideline and your personal passion? I wanted to go to school for music, but my parents, you know, I mean, it's a private school, so it's right. expensive as hell. Uh-huh. And so they basically said, like, choose something that's, you know, versatile, choose something that... Practical. You know, yeah, practical. They're, we're always going to need, like, teachers, doctors, blah, 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 blah. And 
and they said you can all you know especially my mom was a teacher and her dad was a teacher and so I was actually in the teaching program for quite some time but then by the time I got to my senior year the only teaching program that was available uh was up in North Dakota and it it paid like 25,000 a year right which obviously you know the cost of living up there is less but I was like I'm not going to go live in North Dakota for 25,000 a year right it's just ridiculous right. and so I ended up um going to the dean of students and he brought me the dean of academics and the benefits of going to a small school is they basically made up a major for me which and is I, nice I, I ended up with a communications major okay right yeah. on yeah. so but you're making music the whole time so you get out yeah. of school and i know at some point your adventures take you out to california right yep. because yep. here we go we're gonna go for the big time this thing is gonna happen now, before- that's when we met it is what yeah. we met, exactly. So yeah. let's talk about that for a second, because before I hear about all about California and really get to do a deep dive on this underwear modeling bit, um, <laughs> which you knew was coming. You knew it was coming. Um, you came out and played at an oak on the water, and we were out on White Bear Lake. I remember the day. I remember the scene very clearly. And Tally's. Tally's Dockside. Yep, just yeah. up, just down the road from uh, Admiral D's there. It was at Tally's Dockside. You're yep. right. And... Um, Sean will attest to the fact that I'm an emotional dude, right? So it doesn't take a lot to trip my trigger and get the waterworks going. I mean, that's, but that being said, I don't just hand them out, all right? I mean, but if the moment's right and if I feel like something means something or if something, I don't know, if if it hits me the right way, right? You don't get to pick what you fall in love with. Right. But you played a song that day and literally made me cry in front of hundreds of people. I hadn't heard the song before and it's just, I don't know, right place, right time. I was sensitive. I don't know what it was, but this song moved me, man. So we're going to talk more about California and that whole adventure, but I want to get a song in before we start talking for too long here. Tell me about this song, its origin, and the person that you work with on this song. Uh, Okay. Uh, So basically, I I mean, it, it... My entire record that this song is off of happened in three stages. One in L.A., one in uptown Minneapolis, Mm -hmm. one downtown Minneapolis. Okay. But we can talk about that later. But this uh, song specifically was about someone that I dated in college, and then, you know, things didn't work out, and then she started dating a magician, which I know doesn't sound like the same type of, like, lifestyle, but she... What she would talk about like when he goes on tour and when he's like gone and performing or like when fans come up to him and I just we had a reconciling like coffee at some point and I just wanted to like be her friend and 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 tell her that that we're all good and because it was one of my buddies that she ended up dating ouch no, it's good. It's good. He's one of the best people I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah. And so it was not a violation of the broker. Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely All right. not. All right. You know. And so she she was talking about their relationship, and I just remember saying, I remember when we were just like that. You know, like I remember when we had those issues or or you know happenings, and I ended up writing a song about it. And I think when you heard it, you thought that it was like a sad song. But in in reality, I wanted it to be a song where it's about remembering fondly and reminiscing fondly with like rosy colored spectrums. And uh, and so that's why I included um, Holly Henry on it. And she was actually from uh, fame from The Voice. And we were in the same like online competition with Ryan Seacrest. And that's how I got to know her. And she just by pure coincidence happened to be from Minnesota 
and then we recorded with Phil Solom from the Rembrandts. Right. And like we made we made this track happen the way that I envisioned it, and that's what's most important to me is like that things come out the way that I see them. And so yeah, this is Remember When. He's on the phone And just the other room He loves you strong And he loves you well He proves in more Than I ever did myself And someday soon I know you'll take his name And I'll be there Still loving you Just like that 
Clearly a talented individual, this Jameson Murphy, and you brought me a gift, man. Um, I'll, I'll find a better frame for it. I, I wouldn't worry about that part of it, man. I really wouldn't worry about it. You gave me the original handwritten lyrics to my favorite song of yours called Remember When that we just heard, uh, and that's really sweet, man. It's very kind. I can't believe you're parting with your... What happens when you, you know, something amazing is going to happen, and you're going to come back around, and you're going to be like... Yeah, I need those back, actually. No, they're worth no. money now. No, um, I, I hope that they're worth money someday. <laughs> right. That's why I gave it to you. Well, I, again, it, I, I don't ever, I have a lot of cool memorabilia and things like that, but for most of it, it's emotional. There's a reason that I have it, right? I'm not, every, yeah. I'm not building a portfolio, right? For me, it's not Dogecoin or a non-fungible token. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a cool thing to have, and it means a lot, so I appreciate that. Well, I'm just looking around the studio and seeing everything you got right here, and We've had some cool stuff you know, come in so yeah. far, and we've, but we still have plenty of room on the wall for things just like that. So I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Before Thank we you. continue our conversation with Mr. Murphy, we should mention the fact that Palmer's Bar is a sponsor of this fine program. Yes, they are. Palmer's Bar is located on the West Bank. Tony Zaccardi and his crew, the fine people he surrounded himself with, they survived a lockdown. Tony Zaccardi is not an independently wealthy man. He's not no. like one of these investor guys who comes in like, I'll buy that bar and this gallery and that. He took a giant gigantic risk and put everything he had into a bar on the West Bank, which was not an area that was necessarily thriving, not in bitter decline, but not the most ideal place for a venue. And then COVID struck. And the fact that he has managed to stay alive and this community has rallied around him as much as it has all the shows that go on there, the amazing weekend long Palm Fest that they had and music is there three, four and five nights a week now. Yeah, I just ran into him uh, at the Jayhawk show at the Lake Harriet Bandshell, but I also ran into somebody else that didn't know that I knew him or that we were affiliated with Palmer's yet, and right. they just said, can you believe the great bands that are playing at Palmer's? I said, yeah, in fact, we're, we're sponsored. Like, they, they're, they're sponsors of the show now, and right. they were like, oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, it's Tony's just done a phenomenal job. Uh, and Gretchen and everybody else over of there to, to book the bands and, and make that a fantastic venue. And they continue to grow. So palmersbar.net is where you go. They've got a huge lineup throughout the course of the entire summer. And we highly, highly encourage you to go see it, A, because live music is good for your soul, right? Yes, it is. And two, because... It's good to have entrepreneurs that believe in the city that we live in and believe in what they're doing. And they literally put their heart and soul into it. It's not because they're trying to get rich. It's because they love. They believe. They, they are genuinely believing what's happening. And Zaccardi and crew are very much of that ilk. So we encourage you to support Palmer's Bar. Palmersbar.net is everything you need to know. I also encourage you to support my friend and colleague, one Sean Bernard. We have known each other on and off for... Man, I hate to say it because it ages both of us, but what, a quarter century? 25 Tw years? 27, I 27 think. 27 yeah. years. Yeah. Fuck me. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Okay. Well, uh, in any event, that's a good thing because here we are, low these many years later, working together on the Brian Oak Show podcast. So in addition to Sean and I being business partners on this podcast, Sean is also a realtor because apparently... This kind of glitzy podcast money isn't enough to make the world go round. He's also a realtor for Edina Realty in the 50th in France location. I am indeed. Something cool happening. A private party that I'm doing for somebody who bought a house through me, uh, our friend Nancy Piga and her okay. husband Jim. Right. Uh, they helped me with a four-part deal. So we're actually hiring, I'm hiring Sarah Morris to go do a 
a party at their new place. Well, I mean, because I know that a part of what you do now is every time you have a sell, either on the buy or sell side, a portion of your personal proceeds are going to be donated to a local artist. Yeah, and it's up to whoever's buying or selling. They get to choose the local artist. So right. if they say, I want Jason, uh, I'm Jameson Murphy, yeah. the money to go to him totally cool and he'll even do some underwear modeling that's what i try to <laughs> tell them 612-859-2594 that number is also textable you know that only comes from deep jealousy right <laughs> i don't care where it comes from <laughs> <laughs> all right before we talk about la and all that that entailed I kind of I glossed over and I kind of forgot about the part where um, Sky Canopy and your involvement with America's Got Talent, right? Yeah. How yeah. did that work out? So um, basically it was someone scouted me on, on YouTube and then uh, it, what people don't know about reality TV is most of it is 100% like um, I'm not going to say scripted, but it's right. planned. Oh, you know, well, and you've you also know? got producers pushing you in very specific directions, lo- looking for very specific results Absolutely. and outcomes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And right. so, and, but most people don't know that. Most people think that it's always just like, oh, you, you went to the Staples Center, you waited out line for two days, right. and then you performed in front of the celebrity judges. That's not how it works. Right. And so they basically scouted me out through YouTube and then I didn't want to perform alone because I had mad stage fright at that point. Mm-hmm. And I was at at the time performing with a with a group, well, a duo called Blue Sky Canopy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, we we can just go do this together because I can't be on stage by myself. And then they tried to get me to leave him, you know, like we we went you know, we got recruited, we went to the casting, we saw the executive producers, and then we were performing from the judges within a month, you know, and that was at the Chicago theater and they wanted me to leave them on live, t- you know, national TV. Right right there, literally while they're filming, they're yeah. like, you should leave that dude. Yeah. You should totally ditch that dude. Pierce Morgan literally said, oh, I guess it didn't hurt the Beatles to have Ringo Starr in the band. Whoa. Well, Pierce Morgan, fuck that guy. Right. I won't say that on your podcast, but yeah. Okay. Right, no. <laughs> I'm more than happy to do it for you. Sharon Osborne, Howie Mandel, were they cooler? Uh, Sharon was actually very sweet to me. Yeah. And, and she told me that my, because I, obviously I refused to leave my best friend on national TV. Right. And she told me that, you know, she goes, you're stubborn, you're stubborn, you're stubborn. And she just kept like staring at me and trying to read me. And then eventually she goes, you know what? Your stubbornness might help you someday. And honestly, my debut record, had I not been stubborn about that, it would have been a complete flop. Well, let's talk about that because you go out to L.A. So when you first decide to pull the cord and you're like, I'm doing this, I'm going to Los Angeles, I'm going to make this happen. It, I mean, it, it's not a, a brand new story. A lot of people have tried to go to L.A. and make a lot of different things happen in the world of entertainment, but it doesn't make it any less seismic in your life personally. It doesn't yeah. make it any less of a brave decision. I mean, were were the folks down for it? Were your friends encouraging? I mean, were you scared to death when you finally decided, I'm going to do this? I mean, it was it was a big deal solely because we I, I had a mutual friend with Warren. And Warren was someone who had produced The Fray, someone who had produced Aerosmith, Howie Day, wow. uh, Augustana, you know, like all of these different artists that were in kind of my vein of music. And so I was very excited about it, obviously, you know, and that's, that's why I, 
I I hate that I'm going to admit this. That's why I started modeling was yeah. was to save up money for that stuff. And well, that's that's why I met you was yeah. was because I was promoting an Indiegogo campaign and blah 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 to blah. raise money. And yeah, I mean, again, yeah, I hope you take it in the right spirit, man. I mean, it's just it's. Rare is the person who's got the cut and the look, and the, and I'm not saying it reduces you to that, but I mean, <laughs> how good looking do you have to be to be an underwear model? Do you look good in your underwear, Sean? Okay, I'm not yeah, that no, I, and, and same. So that's the only reason I go with that because it is it's a rare treat. But I know that, and anybody who heard that song clearly knows that you are more than an underwear model. But it's nice if you could marry those two worlds. So, yeah. did, did you enjoy modeling? Uh, I didn't at first, but then I found a. Like I, 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 I try to see things I'm an I'm an empath. So when I'm around people that are excited about something, I get excited about it too. Right. Yep. And so when I was on a set, I would see like the stylist, the makeup artist, the photographer, the creative director, and th- they're all just like super stoked right. on this overall project and that would make me excited about it. And I just felt I, I found a way to look at it as I'm a part of something that's way bigger than me. And that that part, once I found that perspective, I, yeah, I did like it. Um, I didn't like the attention. I didn't like the fact that I had to eat 6,000 calories a day and work out two hours a day you know like you gotta be cut bro you can't you, you can't be walking <laughs> around like just your underwear it, without but, having a, without being cut but no no uh, to be honest and and this is i i started uh, a model management company actually when i moved back to minnesota right and that was solely because i learned a lot about the industry i wanted it to be something that was safe and something that was positive for people and it, it, at the moment I didn't think that it was doing that, you know, and I, so I started a model management company called Virtue Models, which is no longer, um, something that I run, but it it was very rewarding for me to take all of those experiences that I never expected to have and put them towards something positive and, and help some people out. And, you know, some, some of them are still modeling to this day, which is great, you know, and I'm, very proud of that, you know, but it, it was, uh, yeah, at the time, no, I, I was not a huge fan. <laughs> hmm, well, I don't know. I've seen the pictures, man. You look pretty good. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so you, you, raised, you raised the money, and you moved. You get to L.A. You, you're working on the record, but the record wasn't done entirely in L.A. No. You, you also came back here and did it. What prompted the, the move back to Minnesota? Well, I mean, I, it, I don't, okay, you I don't want to... Say- ba- I don't want to badmouth someone, but you, okay, <laughs> if you don't want to, then then don't. I'm not asking you to open up a vein. I'm not asking okay. you to denigrate anybody. But I mean, if there's something you want to get off your chest, this is probably the safest place to do it. But I so, can't get over the fact that we're having a conversation and I can swear right now. Yeah, like I can't get over that. Drop an f bomb. Uh, fuck. There you go. <laughs> get it out of your system, you baby. Go. Get um, it out of your system. So basically, what happened was the producer that I went out there to work with didn't give me the product that I wanted. Right. And then I came back to Minnesota. I <laughs> I was this close to having to sue to get my sessions. Oh, mm. because they hung on to him. It, he basically said, I'm not giving you them unless I get the producer credit. And wow. I, and I said, well, everything that you changed, I'm changing back. Right. So you don't deserve a producer credit. I see. You know, and then uh, 
Phil Solemn heard that story through a mutual friend. And Phil Solemn of the Rembrandt. Of the Rembrandt. don't know, of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. right? I'll be there for you. Well, but, also, <laughs> but also like a hugely influential and popular, in addition to musician, producer. He's produced hundreds yeah. of records that people have heard yeah. here in the Twin no, Cities. No, he's, yeah. he's, he's a creative genius for exactly, sure. Yeah. He's, he's absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, I got to record some of my album. Um, he, he was doing it pro bono at the time. And, uh, I just, you know, kicked him as much money as I could when I could, but he, that's where Holly Henry recorded her vocals was in his, in his high rise apartment and right. all that, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then he, I, and I don't blame him at all for this. I, Phil, if you're listening to this, I fucking love you, <laughs> but friends went on Netflix Uh-oh. and you know what that does for the Rembrandts. Yeah. All of a sudden they're off on tours they're uh-huh. off on press tours you know playing shows again yep and not I, to mention just a little bit of mailbox money well, <laughs> i think they were doing just fine on they, were, they were they were already doing okay but but that's great i mean but yeah, so good yeah, for them. yeah but, absolutely but then, but then good he's for gotta them. take off but and he's, he's gone go. right and i know like I, I, no hard feelings toward him he was doing me a solid you know with the amount of recording that we did do on right. that record right and then uh I was fortunate enough to have the guy who plays piano in my live band. He knew someone who started working for a sync agency called In the Groove. And they're focused in downtown Minneapolis, but they have an office in L.A. as well. Okay. And they do, you know, licensing for TV, movies, commercials, yada, yada, yada. Well, which, I mean, let's be honest, is one of the most prevalent avenues to market for musicians in the last 20 years i yeah. mean you get your song placed in one tree hill or orange right. county i mean early on this was a way that a great number of singer songwriters right. got notoriety and got attention frankly we're finally able to make a little money i mean the fray with andrea van forster putting her the, her take on uh gray's anatomy you know how to save a life all of a sudden their household name exactly you know and i i actually i met her at a party in la and it, I was just like, you single-handedly made their career. And she single-handedly, I think, made a lot of careers. She, I'm sure she did. Right. You know? And that's and so I'm I'm very fortunate uh, to be a part of that that industry. Yeah. Very good. Well, yeah. uh, let's talk about this next song we're going to play right here, because we're going to hear another one of yours. Now, so we're talking about that old record. You got the old record done. Yeah. During the lockdown, obviously, nobody gets to play. Nobody gets to go anywhere. Nobody gets to do shit. And that's a drag. Did you find that to be a creative period, or did you find that to be... Because a, a lot of the creatives we've had on this show over the past, you know, this past year and a half talking about it, it, it wasn't necessarily this amazingly fertile period where you got to sit down and plunk away at the piano or play on the guitar. It kind of robbed everybody's energy yep. and, yeah. and, and, and their vibe, right? I mean, so how did it treat you? What did you do? Well, I mean, I'm, I understand that entirely, especially if you're an extrovert, you know, like, mm-hmm. and you're not around to be, not allowed to be around people anymore. Like, right. that's a huge issue, you know? Um, I personally took it as a challenge because i was you know i worked two part-time jobs i serve tables and i i sell pull tabs and it's like i'm in bars all the time just like making ends meet and there was part of me that always said in my head you know as soon as i have you know enough money where i can take like two weeks like even just two weeks off work like i'm gonna make it happen and I'm going to record a bunch of songs. And I had all these different songs mm-hmm. written and blah, blah, blah. And so once all of a sudden all the restaurants are shut down <laughs> and I'm like, okay, 
this is my shot. Let's do you it know, now. like, let's put my money where my mouth is. Right. And I recorded a shit ton of music. And how do you feel about it? Do you feel, I mean, do you feel like you're writing? Oh, you wouldn't even recognize me, bro. Really? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, see, but as long you as called you're... me milk toast on the City's 97 show. I did not <laughs> you call did you did call milk me toast. milk toast. Did I really? Yeah. What a dick. No, no you, I mean. <laughs> not you, me. I'm a dick. <laughs> no, no, no. Who would call somebody milk so, toast? No, no. You were talking about talk dirty. And you said, I'm not going to call milk toast, but, <laughs> and then you, you went on and I was just like, I was like, God damn, that's, that's savage. That, that's, that's really cold, man. I can't no, believe I did that. I, no, it's, it, it was, it was accurate for what you had heard of me yeah, at the I time. Suppose, I suppose you that's know, true. And I right. try, and I try to be, you know, can, you know nice and 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 well but you are and formal there's nothing, there's nothing and, wrong with being kind i just yeah i can't believe i was so drunk on power so high <laughs> on my own supply that i called you milk toast no. i feel bad about it i'm apologizing <laughs> right now you technically didn't you just said i'm not gonna call him milk toast but <laughs> wow sean <laughs> i still have it I still have the oh, wave file. Oh, okay, so in any event, <laughs> the new music you've made, we're yeah. going to hear some of it right now because you have grown as a man. You have continued to, your creative process. You're moving further along down your path. I am. What would you say is different from the music now as opposed to that milk toast shit you used to write? <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, um, actually, this is not indicative of my new music, but I want to plug this song specifically because I made it for someone that I went to high school with. Right. And he hired me because, in my opinion, I think my greatest strength is songwriting, mm -hmm. not necessarily singing or performing or whatever. Right. And so I put it out on social media, especially during lockdown. Obviously, I couldn't perform. Right. So I couldn't make money that way. And so I said, you know, if anyone has, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up, Christmas is coming up. I said, if you want to gift a, a commissioned personalized song to your loved one. I don't care if it's a, a brother, sister, mom, dad, you know, daughter, son, a significant other, you know, like I, I can do that for you. Is that you something know? you still do? Are you still willing yeah. to do that? I st I'm doing one right now, actually. Oh, well, yeah. Like as we speak? You're doing yeah. it right now? Well, I mean, kind of. Okay. Wow. <laughs> it's always in the back of my head. Sean, did you ask him to write a song about me? I did. It's called Fuck the Haters. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so before we hear this one, because I love the idea of commissioned art, because, I mean, yeah. for many, many, many thousands of years, or at least hundreds and hundreds of years, patrons commissioned artists to create works, right? Yeah. And you let the artists do their craft, but you give them some direction. You know, if the church commissions you, you know, you better write something from sacred liturgy, right? I mean, yeah. or or if someone's like, hey, this is for this person and here's a couple things I'd like mentioned in there, then you get to craft something beautiful for that. Where would somebody go if they wanted a Jameson Murphy crafted piece? Booking at jamesonmurphy.com. Jamesonmurphy.com is the Booking first place to go. Booking at jamesonmurphy.com, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, so that's an email address right It's there? an email address. Uh, you can just go to jamesonmurphy.com. There's a contact tab. Yeah, you can find me very easily. Um, this, I mean, this particular song was for a Valentine's Day gift. Um, he, he, he was a country music fan. His wife, the, the, he and his wife's favorite artist was Hunter Hayes. Okay, which you know is very pop country, and I've never written a country song before, but I know that it's all about storytelling, and I think some of the best songs ever written are country songs despite me not necessarily liking country that much. Right. But, um, no, I, 
I he's gonna he's gonna hate me for saying this, but he kind of wrote this song. It was a it was a forty five minute phone call, and I told him anytime I'm not talking, I'm just typing out notes. And this is not someone that I knew very well at all. Right, just reached and, out and said, yeah, "Write me a song." Yeah, and I I posted on social media. He reached out. He wanted to have it happen. And yeah, forty five minutes later, uh, I got off the phone with him, and twenty minutes later, this song was born. And he, he was the whole reason for it though, because I said, anytime that I'm silent, make sure that you just keep talking. And there was a point where I, I kept asking all these open-ended questions and there was a point where he had run out of stuff to say. And I, and he could hear that I was typing and then he goes, I don't know, man, I just couldn't ask for a better partner to do life with. And that was it. And that was the song. I was just a goofy young kid in my freshman year. Not a care in the world until you appeared. You took my breath away. I remember it like yesterday. I had to wait a long 12 months till I could take you out. We were dancing a queen and I was thinking about the way you looked at me. Lost in your smile right where I want to be And everything just held me in that moment A kiss to end the night and I was sure I never saw it all happening The love in this house and my wildest dreams I never saw it coming, no I never saw it coming you're here, there's no doubt I never felt this way Will you have a child? Will you take my name? I'm wanting this forever Yeah, I couldn't ask for better I couldn't ask for better Flash for about a year and a half I took your hand in mine With a nervous laugh and in that Paris air it was only us, always and everywhere. We said our vows with our family and friends. It was you and me against the world. And then we met our little man. And suddenly I started to understand that everything had led me to that moment. I held him in my arms and I was sure. When I saw it all happening The love in this house And my wildest dreams That's when I saw it coming Yeah That's when I saw it coming Cause now that you're here There's no doubt I never felt this way You had a child You took my name I'm wanting this forever Yeah I couldn't ask for better I see you in Still see it's all happening. The 
Love in this house, it's more than I could dream, but I still see it coming. I still see it coming. And now that you're here, there's no doubt I never felt this way. Yeah, you had a child. You took my name, I'm wanting this forever. Here we go. For a guy who doesn't uh, do country music, you did a pretty good country song right there. That's pretty con- pretty convincing, man. I will do whatever is needed. Okay. <laughs> For all of your Klesber requests, things like that. Well, Jameson Murphy. Commercials, <clears throat> movies, you know, they, I got all, you, ha- they all have different needs. They, well, agreed. <laughs> well, and it's important, I think, no matter what you do for a living, to be versatile. Unless, of course, you're like a brain surgeon, in which case you should just be really good at brain surgery. Or just someone who's like a really famous and legendary radio DJ. Oh, Christ. And podcast host. Here we go. Something like that. Here we go. Before we get back to any of that silliness that you're talking about right there. Hey, now! I think he was talking about Brian Oak. Um, Before we get back to that, though, (laughs) speaking of the Brian Oak podcast, uh, the Brian Oak Show podcast, let's thank uh, our most recent uh, endorser, uh, sponsor, that would be Forgotten Star Brewing. Yeah, we're uh, excited. We're going to be doing a deal out there for their Oktoberfest Saturday, September 18th, and we'll be out there, I think, from like 3 to 9. Yeah, we're going to be out there day. for most of the afternoon, yep. well into the evening. They've got a great backdoor area out there by the tracks. They've also got this gorgeous inside, and it's dog-friendly in and out. So if you're a dog person and a beer person, I understand that the two often dovetail nicely. You can come out and join us, and ForgottenStarBrewing.com is where you want to go to take a look at everything they've got going on, whether it's one of their seasonal brews, whatever. And again, one of the things I like is the guys are down to earth, right? They're like normal guys. They have one of those cool, gorgeous tap rooms, and it looks like a brewery, but it also doesn't, you know, they're not busy putting parsimons and um, nutmeg in your beer. Remember the other day when you woke up and I was taking your measurements? Do you remember that? I don't. Well, I was taking your measurements, and the reason was Lederhosen. Picking up some Lederhosen for the Oktoberfest celebration. You know, some of us look good wearing nothing but underwear. Some of us, however, <laughs> were born, born you. to wear. <laughs> that was, that was, it was time. It, it was time. <laughs> shut it, shut it, Oak. <clears throat> but some of us, some of us were born to wear Bavarian folk pants. All right. And I am not afraid of Lederhosen. That's what, that's what Lederhosen means, right? Yeah. Bavarian yeah. folk pants. I like it. I'm not afraid. <laughs> I am not afraid. So, you know, and maybe we'll finally get to the bottom of the mystery of why Oktoberfest Starts at the middle of September. Someday. Yeah, but maybe not today. Forgotten Star Brewing, thanks to them. We will be out there on the 18th of next month, now less than a month away. We'd love for you to make plans to come out and join us. We'll share some links in the not-too-distant future. Before we bid you a fond farewell, Jameson, I have to imagine that you are still playing whenever you get a chance, especially now that things are opened up again, yeah? I am. And actually, it's uh, it's at a place that I wait tables at on Tuesdays, but um, on Mondays... 
from 6 to 9 at JJ's Clubhouse off 394 and Highway 100. I know exactly where that is. Yeah. I drive abs- by it constantly. Well, I'm shocked given that your <laughs> studio right is like <laughs> quarter mile south of there. Man, the number, <laughs> the number. I mean, I really, I'm by, all over there by the time. I went for the first time a while back to that Supermoon Buffet right yeah. across the yeah. way. Yep. Good. That's right next not, to my girlfriend's apartment. Not great, but good. I, I haven't had it yet, but it which deeper. is actually shocking. Yeah. Given how often I'm over there. Exactly. But, yeah. So anyway, let's not talk about Supermoon Buffet. <laughs> JJ's is a yeah. cool place. And JJ's get, I mean, and, and JJ's gets a lot of crowds. I mean, that place is yeah. always busy every time I drive by. Yeah, I mean, we do we do a lot of awesome things, not only throughout the week, but, you know, like, it's just a very strong community of regulars there, and everyone's super nice, and the, the staff is obviously great. You know, I wouldn't still be there after four and a half years if they right, weren't. Right, But um, But, yeah, you'll get good service, great food, great drink specials. Uh, I believe Mondays when I have my residency at 6 to 9, it is uh, Minnesota Beer Night. Okay. So any Minnesota beer that we have on tap or uh, can or bottle – is uh is on special and uh you can get a really nice price for that and then obviously we also have our happy hours both at the regular time and a late night happy hour and i mean our food's just incredible too yeah no i've eaten there before how much how much jameson murphy do we get when we're when we're there on a monday i mean how long do you play i start at six and then i take like two 15 minute breaks um between six and nine okay so you get like so we get plenty you basically get like three 45 minute sets okay basically that's yeah. awesome man so um let's make sure that people know all the best resources to get a hold of you so whether they're looking for your music because i always encourage people you know whether we're talking about getting merch listening to music streaming is fine and it's nice to get your name out there but anything you can do to support local artists has been a yeah. huge focus of what we do on this show so whether it's merch whether it's getting physical copies of your music whether it's commission you to write a very special song for a special someone the place to go is jamesonmurphy.com right yes and, and, and my name is spelled with an i instead of an e so right. it's j-a-m-i-s-o-n right and then murphy the way that you m-u-r-p-h-y jam i son but jameson but if you need to break it down to remember it i need like uh you know those kind of mnemonic clues like that yeah i got to so jame i son jameson murphy.com everything you need to know about what's going on in jameson's life it's been good to reconnect man it's been a really long time since i've seen you it's been great man thank you again for the gift i will get this up on the wall as i find the appropriate place for it all right i love that thank you so much yeah i appreciate it man and if anybody wants to know more jamesonmurphy.com we also have to thank our good friends at audioquip without them it would literally just be the three of us sitting around BSing here in this room and no one would hear a word of it. I just had a thought that I'm so, so thankful that you didn't sign a pair of your underwear and bring them in here. <laughs> we had to close with that. Just you know, we were giving you shit the whole just, day. There's so much. There's so much there. <laughs> you know, if Oak was a woman, you know, who knows? Done. Who knows They're what would have happened? They're all gone. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I've sold them all right on now. eBay. Exactly. <laughs> if you want to get an autographed pair of underwear, it's jamesonmurphy.com. Oh, my God. <laughs> you better edit that out. Okay, we'll take that out. Please don't do that to my friend Jameson. Please do not do, do that. It. He's do a it. kind, talented artist and not just a tall hunk of man meat. Okay? <laughs> it's good to see you, man. I hope you have a good rest of your summer, all right? Thank you so much. All right, Appreciate very good. you. Sean, I hope you have a good rest of however long it is until I see you again. Sounds good. <laughs> well, then I get to wish it to you again. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Why do you always make it weird at the end? I don't know. I'm, I've got a really bad headache now. <laughs> okay, let's get out of here. I do.
Who says stuff like that? Maybe you shouldn't have made so many underwear jokes. We're going to get out of here, and I I let Sean, despite his headache, um, pick the last song, and I recently got this record on vinyl. I haven't, uh, I never owned this record on vinyl before, and it's their debut album, and it's so good. It absolutely holds up as good as anything that came out in the second half of the 70s. I would have killed to see them at First Ave when they played. Can you imagine? No. Can you imagine? Nope. I know people who saw him at Northrop. I, I can't imagine having on this tour seeing this band no. in the First Avenue main room. Nope. We're going to wrap up the Brian Oak Show podcast, episode 180. Thanks to all of our Patreon members. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Mr. Murphy. Here's story for boys. You too on the Brian Oak Show.